This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. I couldn't be more excited to announce that the official Noose and Seeing Other People merch collab is finally here. I put so much care and thought into the designs for this line. I really wanted each product to represent seeing other people and this community. And when I think of seeing other people and all of the listeners and the family here, I think of how empathetic we all are and how communicative we are and how we all want to provide each other with comfort. And so I really incorporated those values into all of the products. And there are shirts that say emotional support human. There's a sweatshirt that says double text. There is a long sleeve that says emotionally available and so much more. Check it out at www.wearenoose.com. That's N-U-S. And of course, links are in bio on all social platforms. I'm so excited. Check it out and let me know what you guys get. I'm, I can't wait to see it on you. Hey guys, it's Alana. Before we get into today's episode, I am so excited to talk about the latest updates for seeing other people. First of all, we have weekly bonus episodes out every Friday. And on these episodes, I am actually opening up more than I ever have about my personal dating life and my experiences and what I've been through and what I've learned. I also answer your questions and occasionally with the help of friends, family members, or even my boyfriend, Jake. 
And to get these episodes, it's $5 per month to subscribe. I know I hate asking you guys to pay for things, but it really does go a long way and it helps me continue to make the show happen. So if you want to have weekly bonus episodes and access to these, the link is in the show description. You can listen if you're on Spotify, Apple, wherever you are. Um, just head to the link that is in the show description through Anchor. Next, as you guys know, my favorite part about seeing other people has always been the conversations that I have with each of you, the listeners, about what's going on in your dating lives and how I can help you get through it. So I launched two one-on-one bookable sessions that you can book starting right now. If you head to the link in my bio on Instagram, it will take you to the menu through Linktree where you can actually select either of the options or you can go to my Calendly. That link is Calendly, C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y.com slash Alana Dunn. And so there is Emotional Support Human, which is a 30-minute call anytime you need a friend or someone to get dating advice from, help make a decision with, or a quick vent sesh. I know you guys love to fill up my DMs asking for help, sending me voice notes, and I really do want to take the time to hear what you're going through and, and really give you my best advice and input. And sometimes we just really need someone to talk to. And I know sometimes it's hard to talk to the people in our lives about what is going on in our lives, which sounds bizarre, but you guys get what I mean. And so I'm here for you and I really look forward to these. They're so amazing and I love getting to know you all better. The second one is a dating app profile revamp. Obviously, as you know, dating app profiles are really hard to make. It's like dating apps expect us to be content creators that specialize in showcasing our best selves, but most of us aren't that. Luckily, I am and I know exactly what works and what doesn't work on dating apps from all of my work experience. So we will meet for 30 minutes and I will come all prepared with advice and actionable things that you can do to transform your dating app profile and help you get closer to finding what you're looking for. So again, all sessions are bookable through the link in my bio on Instagram and the Seeing Other People bio, or you can go to calendly.com slash Thank you so much. Get ready for the episode and I can't wait to get to know you all better and help you through the ups and downs of everything that is modern dating. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. This is my third attempt at an intro right now for this episode. I want you to know that there's a very clear reason why I do not do solo episodes and it's because I am not good at just talking. Like I have a lot to say, which obviously is part of the reason why I have a podcast, but I really think that I'm way better talking to people rather than just talking to the microphone and looking at this screen where I can see myself and it's a little bit awkward and uncomfortable. So anywho, happy Tuesday or whatever day that ends in why that you are listening to this episode on. I am so grateful that you're here. I'm pumped that you came back to listen to another episode of Seeing Other People. If this is your first time listening, thank you. Welcome. Hi, I'm Alana. I'm usually not this weird. Actually, I am. But I really appreciate you guys being here. Don't forget to send an episode to a friend if this resonates with you and you think that it would resonate with them too, or if it doesn't resonate with you and you think that they would enjoy it or need to hear it, or if you just want to make fun of me and how bad I am at intros, send it to your whole group chat. Let them know this girl Alana sucks at podcast intros. Anywho, today, I am so excited about this episode. I am bringing on Laura Benke. Laura is a TV sports reporter who is now a women's empowerment coach. And she actually had never been in a relationship until she was 35 years old. And now she works with people all over the world to help them realize that timelines usually don't unfold the way we want them to. And I know I've felt this way in my life. And I know almost all of you have too, where sometimes we feel left behind, whether it's that 
we're not living up to our expectations or society's expectations of where we should be at a certain age in our career or how much money we should be making or where we should be in terms of relationships and, and having a family and all of that. And it's so easy to feel left behind. It's so common, but it sucks. And it's a terrible feeling. And it's something that we don't always want to talk about because we feel embarrassed or we feel ashamed. So I'm super excited to bring Laura on. She has such amazing advice and insight into how to not feel terrible about where you're at or where you're not at really. And for those listening, if you've never been in a relationship before, I'm so excited for you to hear this, but I'm also equally excited for those listening who even if you have been in a relationship and and your life is where you want it to be. If so, that's fucking awesome. Congratulations. But I'm pretty sure that there's at least one person in your life who feels left behind or who's never been in a relationship at whatever age you're at, they're at. And I think one of the most important things we can do as people is just remember and keep in mind that everyone else is going through something and being sensitive to what they're experiencing and learning how to talk about it in a way that would be really helpful to them is so important. And so Laura has really great advice for how we can support our friends who are going through this and and feeling left behind and aren't where they feel like they want to be. And so definitely stick around to hear that advice. We talk about that in the second half of the episode, but I'm super excited. I'm going to shut up and I'm going to bring Laura in. And we are here with Laura Benke. Laura, welcome to Seeing Other People. Hi, Alana. It's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm really excited for this episode. I know I say that at the beginning of every episode, but (laughs) this one feels really right right now for Seeing Other People, for the community that we have here, because what you're here to talk about is about feeling left behind and not having your life unfold on the timeline that you wanted to. And I know that's something that I've felt before. I know that's something that probably everyone has felt before, but I've definitely had a lot of messages come in, DMs and emails and comments from listeners of seeing other people where people feel left behind and they feel like I had a picture of what my life was going to look like in my head and it's not looking like that. And I'm 30, I'm 40, I'm I'm out of college and I've never been in a relationship yet. And regardless of what point you're at in your life, we're always feeling like, well, everyone else has it more together than us. So that's what you're an expert on. Yeah. And that's why I'm happy that you're here. So. Oh, yes. Yes. It's, oh my gosh. It's so, it, that feeling is just, it's so strong and yeah. it is so relatable. I mean, we don't talk about it. We don't talk about feeling that way, but I know so many of us experience it. Yeah. And we don't talk about it because since we feel like it, our lives aren't where we want them to be, it feels like embarrassing or like we're failing or doing something wrong. And I mean, I know my friends and I have always felt this way. Even like my my mom called me one day and was like, I was just watching sex in the city. And there was a line (laughs) that I had to tell you about. And it just reminds me of you and your friends. And it's like in New York, everyone wants three things. Like you want the career, you want the apartment and you want the boyfriend. But if you have two of those things, you're in a good shape, but all you do is focus on the one thing that you don't have. It was something like that. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that episode. Yep. Uh, how yep. you are always searching for at least one of those things, basically. And yeah, and and the fact that we might have everything else all together, we always focus on that one part that we don't have. And then we tell ourselves all these stories about what not having that one thing actually means about our entire life as a whole. Yeah. And it's so it, it's so easy to do. And it's so it's so not fair. It's so not fair to the life that we've actually created. Yeah. And to all the things we have accomplished and, yeah. and the things we're doing well at. So why don't we start with 
hearing your story about how you got into this field and, and why you do the work that you do in helping people come to terms with their timeline and the fact that their timeline is okay. Cause I know you struggled with that as well, which is why you're here today. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I struggled with it so much. You know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it totally makes sense as I explained to you my story, why I talk about this now, but it, when I really think about it, it's like, wow, I now talk about the one thing that I considered to be like my deepest, darkest secret that I would never, ever publicly tell people was my truth because I was so embarrassed by it because I was convinced I wasn't normal and that I wasn't doing things the way everyone else was. And now I'm like, let me tell you all about everything that I went through. Uh, So I spent 16 years in the TV world. I was a sports anchor and reporter and uh, worked my way up, moved all over the United States, uh, ended up in New York City. I was there for seven years on air. And, uh, you know, it was... It was my dream job at the time. It was exactly what I wanted to do. I loved the challenge of it. Uh, I loved loved telling stories. I loved sports. I loved all of that. Uh, But the big problem with TV, which I don't think this will probably come as a surprise to people, is that it is so appearance-based. Not just how you physically look, but the person that you present who you are. And I spent those 16 years trying to be this perfect version of myself to the point where all of the viewers would think, oh, she's got it all together. She's great. I should totally listen to what she's saying about the Yankees or whatever team I was talking about. And uh, I did not shockingly, because do any of us have it together? I did not. Never. never. If, if somebody together. seems like they have it together, they don't. And if somebody says they have it all together, they're lying. Yeah. They're lying. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had a lot of great things going in my life. I was living in New York City. I was working for the number one station in the country. I was in local news. Um, and I had an incredible apartment. I, I overlooked Central Park, which I had no business doing. The dream. Uh, but I had great friends. I've always had a very supportive family. I grew up in a a very loving, supportive household. Uh, I did not have much reason to complain, except I found plenty of reasons because I never had had a boyfriend. And so not only was I not married when I thought I would be, not only was I not having the kids that all of my friends were having, I also lived with this reality that I was in my 30s and had never had a significant relationship. I had never called anyone my boyfriend. I'd never introduced anyone to my family. I'd never been on more than like three or four dates with anyone. And society loves to define us by our relationship status. I mean, how Mm -hmm. often do we like put people down by saying, oh, well, they could never get a boyfriend. They could never get a girlfriend. Well, they're not getting laid. I mean, all of these negative things that we try to say about people, so many are tied in to this perceived idea of whether or not they are attractive to a romantic partner. And I was convinced there was something wrong with me because... I had, I was so envious of my friends who had broken up with people. Like I was envious of people who'd gotten a divorce. Like how messed up is that? Because I could tell myself, well, at one point they had someone who loved them. At one point they had somebody who wanted to be with them. I've never even gotten anybody to want to even get to know me enough, let alone want to be with me. So what, what does this say about me? And I, 
I struggled with that for so, so long. And uh, it was my deepest secret. The last thing that I ever wanted, anyone who watched me on TV, who knew me as Laura, the, the reporter, the last thing I wanted them to know was that I had never had a relationship. And I was just terrified of what people would think of me. Uh, some of my, like my close friends knew, my family knew, but nobody I worked with knew. Very, very few people knew. Um, and I did not have my first actual relationship until I was 35 and a half. And I just happened to end up marrying him. Uh, but that... <laughs> That, I just got the it. chills and I knew this. <laughs> I knew this from like researching you before, but hearing you say it, I got the chills. Yes. I mean, it was, it was a journey to get to this point where I was ready to meet him. Like I was so into this narrative of, of beating myself up and of telling myself all the things that I had to have been doing wrong because nobody had ever wanted to be my boyfriend. And I had to work through that. It took, it took years of, of trying to really accept who I was and the fact that if I was single for the rest of my life, it would not be the worst thing in the world. I, I could actually build a pretty exceptional life by myself. And the problem up to that point was I had not been allowing myself to even think about that. I had been so focused on my future involving a husband and kids. It didn't have any other details in it. Like I had never had any clue what was going to happen after that. Right. But my future would begin with that. So when I did not have the boyfriend, even though I had so many other great things, my future was blank. So no wonder I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified of this of this blank void that that I kept telling myself was all I had to look forward to. And when I finally gave myself permission to envision a life that I had control over, that I could create, that I could celebrate being single, being by myself. And I could, you know, did I, did I want that to happen? Well, no, I, I certainly wanted to meet somebody, but I also knew I was I was going to be okay for the first time in my life. I was letting myself actually plan for something that I might actually have a chance to control. Uh, six weeks later, after really kind of going through all of this stuff in my head is when I, I met my husband. Uh, and I don't say that to be like, so if you do everything I do in six weeks, you will meet your partner because that's not how it works. I got lucky <laughs> flat out. I got lucky. Um, and I was in a good headspace when I met him and, uh, he was in a good headspace. We were ready to meet each other and it just, it all worked out. And all of the feelings and fears that I had about being single for so long and not having a relationship and how it would affect, I was telling myself, you can never have a good relationship because you've never practiced. So how, mm -hmm. how are you supposed to know how to do it when the real thing comes along? You know, <laughs> when it's right, you know, when it's the right person, you can figure it out. And also the stumbles that you might make along the way won't be deal breakers when it's the right person. So after meeting him, I was able to kind of start taking a look more at other parts of my life. And suddenly this career that I had fought for for so long that I had spent so much time and energy on um, wasn't fulfilling me anymore. It, it became, I felt very much that I was putting on a show and I didn't like that. I really didn't like that. And, um, you know, I, I had started to be able to talk to some women in my life, um, new friends, some coworkers of my husband's, and really 
explaining to them what I had been through and sharing some of the things of my story and when I was single and how long I was single and what it was like and realizing how much they could connect with that, even if it wasn't their exact story. There were things that they, they were like, oh my gosh, yes, nobody's talking about this, but yes, I feel that way too. And that started, that started the wheels turning of like, okay, you know, maybe I am better served not just talking to generally men about sports, but actually talking and connecting with women about something that actually truly matters to me. So I left TV with really no clue what exactly I was going to do. And uh, I had a fashion blog and thought, well, maybe I'll do this because I, I love fashion. I love style, all of that. Uh, I was terrible at that. So there was that, that just that was not going to work. Um, but on my fashion blog, I decided to start writing this series called Love Lessons that I, I named it at the time. And it was just my experiences when I was single and the, the kind of common feelings that I had, um, the, the issues that would come up, just the challenges that I faced, the things people would tell me that didn't actually help, uh, even when they thought that they did. And, uh, I, I put, I put together my, my first post in that series and I admitted that I'd never had a boyfriend until I was 35 and a half when I met my husband and I hit publish on that and, you know, I'm not in TV anymore. So like that, that world is over. So like, I can't, I, I, that, that judgment aspect, it wasn't there, but I was still, it was still, it was me. I was putting that out there. And even if I deleted it the next day, like it was on the internet, it, so it's going to live there in some way, <laughs> pretty much forever. Uh, and I hit publish and just kind of sweated. <laughs> uh, but by the end of the day, and I, I did, did not have a lot of, of readers at that time. Like I, so the, the other thing I kept telling myself was, well, nobody's going to read this. So you're fine. Don't worry. <laughs> nobody's actually going to read this. And by the end of the day, <laughs> by the end of the day, I had three different emails, not even just comments on the, on the post, but three women actually emailed me, which was, I, I never got any response for the, the things that I was posting. Um, the three different women sent me an email saying, oh my gosh, I have never had a boyfriend. I am, and they ranged in age from like early thirties to 40. I have never had a boyfriend. I thought I was the only one. Thank you so much for saying this out loud. Yeah. And I was like, okay, all right. There is something, <laughs> there is something here. I thought I was the only one. And then I started realizing that I thought I was the only one because I never talked about it because nobody else ever talked about it, which just makes you continue to feel like you are the only one. And that continues to make you feel like you cannot talk about it because everybody's going to think there's something wrong with you. So that kind of opened up the doors to this idea of, you know, what as women are we really, what are we really doing to ourselves because of all of these ideas that society has put out there about how we're supposed to be living a life? How many incredibly successful, amazing, awesome women are out there feeling terrible about themselves because something hasn't happened the way they thought it would, whether it is that they're still single, whether it's that they haven't had kids, they can't have kids, they don't want to have kids. Or, you know, we also have these ideas of when we're supposed to have our career all figured out, when it's too late to try and start over, um, how we're supposed to do all of that. I left TV when I was 38. 
I launched my company at 39. And um, now I'm actually after we went through an IVF journey, I'm actually pregnant now at 41 and will be a mom for the first time at 42. This is not thank you. This is not how I drew it up (laughs) at all. Um, But this is my reality. And every woman has her own unique story and her own unique experiences that so many so all too often we're fighting against because we don't feel like it fits into that norm that it's supposed to when instead there is no normal that's yeah. the bottom line there is no normal that everybody because that's the thing everybody's idea of normal and how they should be living their life it's actually different because yeah. we're shaped by all of our experiences and all of that so this normal that we're holding ourselves to it doesn't exist So now I work with women um, as a coach, as a speaker, writer, podcast host, uh, really trying to help women break through that idea of that there's just one way to go. There's one timeline that we're supposed to follow and instead be able to embrace the story that we are creating and the timeline that we are hopefully owning (laughs) that is unique to us and that has so many things to celebrate. So many things to celebrate, even if they aren't the things we initially thought we would be celebrating. Um, yeah. So that's that's what we do. My company is the Life Actually Company because, you know, there's the life you thought you would have and then there's life actually. Mm-hmm. This is where we actually celebrate the actually. And we talk about all of the things that are actually happening and try and and shift our perspective to a place of acceptance when things don't necessarily go according to plan. Because let's be honest, they never go according to plan. (laughs) All right, you guys, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we are officially in November. And this month, Mindset Wellness CBD and seeing other people are teaming up to encourage you to feel healthy and be healthy and be physically and mentally healthy and feeling well and feeling balanced. And of course, there are a lot of different things we can do to get that. But one thing that will help is Mindset Wellness CBD's health gummies. I know we've talked about the Focus gummies. We've talked about the Calm gummies. And now it is time to talk about the health gummies. They actually have ingredients and then that encourage an enhanced wellness experience. And they're really set up to help you feel like your best self. And that is, of course, all we want. So definitely head to MindsetWellness.com. Grab your health gummies. Of course, they're vegan, organic, non-GMO, gluten-free. And they taste amazing and leave you feeling amazing. Grab yours today. Yeah, I, I really, truly, like wholeheartedly love your entire story because it's not just about one thing. It's like your life now versus your life, I guess, like five years ago or, or 10 years ago, it's not just that you have the, you got the relationship, like your whole mindset, your whole like mental health, I'm sure completely took a 180 and your, your career changed too. And while you were so successful in doing that, I have a guess that what you're doing now is more fulfilling. So, so much more, so much more fulfilling. And you know, that it, it has very much changed my idea of what it means to be successful. I had always tied success into my job title and how much I was making. That was the bottom line. And, you know, keep improving those and you are becoming more successful. And, uh, you know, let me tell you, I gave up a, a... it was great to be able to go out into social situations when people ask what you do for a living. You just say, oh, I'm a, I'm a sports anchor and reporter. That's yeah. easy. Then they're like, oh, wow, that's cool. Now people ask what you do. And it's like, 
well, uh, I work with women. Like, how much time do you have? I can I can really get into it. But like, it's not a nice, tidy thing. And it's not something that people necessarily go, oh, wow, that's really cool. Um, and I struggled for a long time after getting out of TV because I had tied so much of my own personal identity into being that sports reporter. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I have not yet gotten to the point where I am in a financial place that I left. I, I know that will change at one point, but when I left TV, I'm still not back to that point. And yet mm -hmm. I feel so much happier, so much more fulfilled, so much more successful because for the first time in my life, like I get to be me. I get to actually say, how I feel, what I think, and and communicate and connect with women on a level that matters. And you know, nothing against sports and sports fans. I, you know, I I was one. I I I'm not really one anymore. I, I've very much removed myself from that world. But I, it's great. It's a great diversion. It's wonderful. But to be able to actually sit down and and look another woman in the eye and say, "How are you feeling? What are you going through? Yeah. Uh, you are not alone." Is so so much more powerful than uh, you know going live after a Super Bowl. I can't even begin to explain how much I relate to you on everything, <laughs> though I, I'm still in my 20s and I am actually in a relationship right now. I That wasn't always the case. And I, prior to hosting this podcast, I worked at Hinge. My job description was the face of Hinge. Okay. And I had that. I like, that was my identity. My Instagram handle was at Alana from Hinge. That was, <laughs> that was who I was. And the thing is, I was struggling so much in dating where I'm like, I'm the face of dating of literally of like modern millennial dating, but the hardest thing in the world, the thing that was causing me the most anxiety and, and stress and like depression, honestly, was my dating life. And the fact that I was helping other people date, but I couldn't, yeah. I, I didn't have the relationship I wanted, but yeah. I, I was making six figures by the time I was 25 years old, which yeah, was that's not fucking bad. <laughs> crazy, but I wasn't happy. Yeah. And I just turned 27. I've been doing this for almost a year now. I'm also not making the same amount of money at all. I'm making a fraction of the money, but I'm so much happier. I was able to get myself into a good headspace after I was no longer working there. And because of that good headspace, similar to you, I ended up meeting somebody amazing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, had the timing been different, had I still been working at Hinge and been super upset with my life, I probably wouldn't have worked out. And yeah, I'm making a fraction of what I was making before, but I'm helping people. And yeah. I'm doing a similar thing to you where it's like talking about the shit that matters that people don't talk about that we all feel so alone in. Exactly. Um, and I think it's yeah. really important too, to, to share that part of it. Like you aren't making the money that you were making before. I'm not yet making the yeah. money that I was making before. And, and right now for, for both of us, like that's okay. But also there's yeah. this idea too, that if you follow your dreams, like everything's going to work out and be perfect and, and great. And right. there are sacrifices that come. And, you know, this idea of the way our life is supposed to look bleeds into so many areas of our lives. I mean, how many internet entrepreneurs are out there telling everybody that, you know, you're going to make six figures in six weeks if you take my course, like that's not yeah. reality. No. And so, you know, I, I think just being able to share so many of these actual aspects of what our life is like is so valuable and so important as we as we really create community. 
Absolutely. So I want to get into some of the more like nuances of your story. I have a bunch of questions that I think people are going to be excited to hear the answers to. My first question is when you did finally actually meet your husband and, and started dating him, or even before that, when you were like going on dates with people when you were, but like the first few dates, what was it like thinking to yourself, like, eventually I'm going to have, this person's going to ask about my relationship history and I'm going to have to tell them that there is none. Yeah. What was that like? And how did you eventually communicate that? And how did, how was that received? Yeah. Well, it changed the way I, I approach that because I have always been, um, a very open book and you could say in some ways, I think I had some insecurity. Well, I definitely, I know I had insecurities around never having had a relationship, but I use those for a while as a way to be like, I'm just going to tell you everything about me right now, get it all out of the bat. And then, and then you're going to be okay with it. And then we can move on. And if you're not, well, then I'm going to go cry in the corner and not know what to do. But, but I just, I have to tell you. So I did, I did make, and I, mistake is a strong word because, you know, we all learn from the things that we do, but I, there were a couple of, of guys that I did tell them right away, guys that I really liked because I always, you know, I, I would go on one date with somebody and I'd be convinced, well, okay, yep. this is going to be the guy because it this has to be the guy. This is the one. I'm yes, in love. It, yep. it has to be the guy because I don't, I hardly ever go on dates. So if, if this isn't the guy, I don't know how long I'm going to have to wait for my next opportunity. So first of all, the pressure involved in that is just way too much. But there were a couple of guys whom I, I really thought I had connected with. And so I thought like, okay. To me, sharing those those elements of my story, the fact that I had not had a relationship, to me, that meant that we were getting to an, a very good, like, intimate level because I wanted that so badly. So I was like, okay, I can force it by telling him all about my lack of a history. And, uh, you know, there were a couple of guys, one in particular, who very much used it against me, though I did not realize it at the time. He decided that this was a challenge or like, oh, well, she's never had a boyfriend before. Well, then I'm going to make sure I'm the first one for reasons that I will never understand. I think it's an ego thing to a certain extent, but who then, you know, led me on told me the things that they thought I wanted to hear yeah. all so that they could like get me to this point where I would think I was in a relationship even when I wasn't. And this one in particular did, we were long distance. So like we only saw each other a couple of times, but I was convinced this was yeah. the one absolutely convinced. And he was saying everything he knew I wanted to say. And, uh, you know, I was to the point where I was like, I think I'm going to move to be near this person. And we, we'd seen each other in person like twice. I mean, it was, that, that was, that was just how badly I wanted this to happen and how great he was at saying all the things. And, um, he ended up essentially breaking things off with me by never speaking to me again. He ghosted me, like completely ghosted Yikes. me. And I was so shocked and so devastated. And I started out being embarrassed, but then I just got angry that this person would take something so private, so personal to me as my past relationship experiences and ended up, ended up using them as a weapon against me. And that was the last person I dated before I met my husband about, um, 
probably about nine, 10 months later is when I actually met my husband. So I made a very, very clear decision after that happened, um, that I was not, I was not going to tell people it's nobody's business. It, it is, it is not like you have to earn the right to know more about me. And none of that should matter. None me not having had a relationship should have no effect on our relationship. Like this is, you know, I, I say it all the time. Past experience does not dictate future success. Um, and if you look at people who have had relationships, well, if they're dating again, all of those relationships failed. So what yeah. makes them more qualified to be in a relationship than me? Like it's just, it's crazy. So when I met my husband, I, I kind of said right off the bat, I was like, you know what? You have a history. I have a history. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to get to know you. I want you to get to know me and I want us to go from there, but I don't want to talk about past relationships. I don't want to talk about past experiences. And, um, I feel, I feel pretty confidently in that. He was like, okay, cool. That's fine. Uh, and so I, you know, after some time, obviously I told him and at that point, you know, we had, he was special from the very beginning. I could have told him that first night I could have laid my heart out like I had done in the past and he would have been absolutely amazing about it. Um, but I didn't know him. I didn't know that yet. And I wasn't ready. He didn't, he didn't deserve to know that part yet. Just like I didn't deserve to know certain parts about him. We were just, we were just getting to know each other. Uh, so by the time he did start to find out more and more about what my actual lack of experience was, um, it was so far from being a big deal because we had already established a connection. He already, you know, that he would say to me all, once he knew, he'd say to me all the time, like, I cannot believe you've never been in a relationship. Like you, you, you know what, you know what you're doing, which sounds silly. I don't think those are the exact words that he would use, but you know, he was like, you, you know, this relationship, like, and understand it better than I do. And I have had previous experiences. So, you know, this, you handle communication. Well, you handle this, you handle that. And so, you know, it didn't matter that I had never had a relationship before. And by the time I was able to share that with him, we were really at a place where it, it, it was just, it was just past experience. And, um, you know, the, (laughs) the good thing about it was that, a lot, and I think this is so true for a lot of people, when you have been in relationships, especially difficult ones or, or challenging ones, perhaps even toxic ones, you bring a perception from those relationships into the next one. And yeah. I didn't have any of that. So, you know, when he would do something, it wouldn't necessarily trigger in me something from a previous relationship that that I would be then interpreting it to, to, to mean. Um, That's a and, really good point. Like, I'm, I'm still, I'm like in six months in with my boyfriend now, and I'm still waiting for him to tell me like, Oh, just kidding. I'm not looking for something serious. <laughs> like I'm going on vacation with his family next week, but like, I'm waiting for him to ghost me because that's what I'm used to. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is so true. And, and that, that, oh, seriously, I, I think I probably felt that way for a while too, even though I knew he was different, but our past experiences are so strong. They are so strong and they sit with us and they tell us stories so loudly. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of how I handled it. And it was, it was definitely different for each guy. And I had to kind of evolve into what worked for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was never ashamed 
Well, okay. No, I, at first I was ashamed in my twenties. I was definitely ashamed of not having had a boyfriend. Once I was, you know, really starting to accept and embrace who I was, I wasn't ashamed of it anymore, but I didn't feel like it was anybody's business unless they earned the right to have it be their business. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's a really good lesson learned, especially because you, you tried it and it didn't work. Yeah. And then you tried the opposite and it did work. So that's definitely really good to keep in mind for anyone listening who is in that same situation. What was, like, I know you mentioned that you changed your mindset about it and you decided like, okay, I, I am going to be okay with this. I can do this. Like, I just feel like in my head, I, I feel like that's gotta be so tough to do. I mean, of course that's incredibly challenging to do, but like, how did you do that? Cause I just feel like, especially when it, it's been so long that it hasn't happened for, like, you're just so hard on yourself. Like even like last year when I was 26 or 20, when I was 25, the year before that, like I kept seeing all of these like tweets and memes, like, Oh my God, mom, can you pick me up? Everyone's getting engaged. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, like one person on my feed's getting engaged, like whatever. And now literally every single day I see somebody new getting engaged. And I'm like, what the heck? And like, <laughs> like, thank God I'm in a relationship when I'm saying that, because otherwise if I was single, I'd be like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm a failure. Like I'm yeah. a complete failure and this is never going to happen for me. So it's like, when you're so deep in it, how were you able to pull yourself out? And yeah. especially when like, if, if a family and, and kids and all that was what you wanted, how were you able to say like, if I don't have that, I'll still be okay. Yeah. I'm so glad you asked that because the way I, you know, the way I've set it up to this point, it kind of sounds like, oh, I woke up one morning and everything was okay. So if you want to feel good too, just (laughs) just feel okay. And everything's great. I turned 35 and I spiraled. Uh, 30 did not bother me. I don't know why 30 is tough for a lot of people. 30 was fine for me. 35 was terrifying. I think because at that point I realized every day now I am closer to 40 than I was to 30. And I am so far away from where I thought I would be, even though I had a great job and a great career and all of that. But, uh, everything else was so far behind where I thought it would be. So 35 was, was rough. Uh, and you know, I'd been seeing a therapist for, for years at that point, And I just didn't, I got into the root of a lot of stuff, but I still just could not get past being single and thinking of it as anything other than a terrible, terrible trait that just defined who I was. Um, and so I was, I was living in New York city at the time. And, uh, in, in March, you know, New York city gets so cold and snowy and gross. And by the time March rolls around, you are just ready to scream. So I was like, I need to get out of here. I need a vacation. And, uh, all of my friends were either in a relationship or married who weren't going to be just traveling on a girl's trip. Also, I was in TV. My schedule was absolutely insane. I needed to go during the middle of the week. Like there was no one to go with me. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go by myself. And, uh, I had traveled before by myself. I'd gone to Mexico few years prior, which was great. It was, it was fun. I felt proud of myself that I could do this on my own, but I also spent that entire trip thinking constantly, I'm here alone. Oh my God, I'm here alone. Like this is beautiful and I'm alone. And I just, uh, I, I could not get that narrative out of my head. This time was different. And I don't know why it was different. Maybe I needed to hit that 35 spiral and really get into a tough place where I was questioning everything to then finally start digging myself out. But I planned this trip. And from the very moment that I had everything scheduled, um, 
I got so excited. I was like, I gave myself this, this trip. I gave myself what I really physically needed. I needed a break from New York. I needed sunshine. I needed to get away. But I also was giving myself this permission to, to enjoy it, to do, finally do something that made me happy. And so I got down to Mexico and it was, it still will always go down as one of my favorite trips. I know I have done some pretty cool things. My husband and I honeymooned in the Maldives, like unbelievable, loved it. This trip is still going to be always be up there with that in my mind, because it was such a freeing experience because I allowed myself, I gave myself permission to be excited about it. And so all the days leading up to going, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. I got there and I could do whatever I wanted. I didn't have to ask somebody else where they wanted to eat that night. I didn't have to ask them, what time do you want to go to bed? What time do you want to get up in the morning? Should we go to the beach or the pool? And I know these are not difficult questions. I mean, when you're on a vacation, it's, you know, (laughs) but still I could embrace the idea that I got to call all the shots. I got to do whatever I wanted and it was the best. And so I came home from that trip, you know, feeling better, but still not really sure what the future was for me. And I'd been playing around on match for a while and just not having success and feeling really frustrated and not sure what to do with that. But um, my brother was living out in, in San Francisco at the time with his wife and their baby. And he's my younger brother. So I had always seen my brother do all of these life things before me, even Mm -hmm. though I was the big sister. Uh, So I went out to go visit them and their adorable baby. And we were, it was a Saturday morning. We got up early. They were living in, for anyone who knows San Francisco, in the marina area, which is beautiful right down by the water. It was an absolutely gorgeous spring day and the sun was shining and it was just like just one of those days. And so we had our coffee and we were walking back to their place. And as we were walking down the street, this woman was coming towards us and she was probably in her eighties and she was alone. I do not know this woman. I have no idea what her story is. I have no idea what she was doing out and about that day. I no clue, but I saw this older woman walking towards us and she just had this huge smile on her face and she looked so happy and she looked so content and she just, just seemed good. And so in that moment, I like created this story about her in my head. I was like, oh, she's single. She's Mm -hmm. in her 80s and she's single. And look how happy she is. Oh my gosh, she lives in the marina. She lives in a great place in San Francisco. And like, she gets to make all these choices herself. And how, how cool is that? And something just like switched in my brain. And what I, what I have realized is that, you know, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I had not been giving myself any sort of a permission to have a future that had not, that did not involve a husband and kids. And so that consequently meant my future was pretty blank. And so I, this woman and, and creating her story in my head and passing her on the street, like we didn't even say hi to each other. It wasn't even like there was this huge momentous, you know, meeting. We just walked right by each other. And, yeah. and yet all of a sudden in my head, I was like, I could be her. Okay, so if you don't have kids, what if you moved to be close to your brother? You become the best aunt ever because I knew he was going to have more. What if what if that's my kid experience? Okay, that's not that bad. It means less diapers to change. Um, I could do that. And 
I love San Francisco. I, you know, what if I work really hard in my career, make money so that then I get to, to make a choice of being able to live wherever I want. And all these doors just suddenly opened. And, you know, again, did I, did I, did that mean I never needed to meet somebody and I was totally cool with being single for the rest of my life? No, I still <laughs> very much wanted to meet someone, but I finally understood that that worst case scenario I had been telling myself, you will be alone for the rest of your life was not something that would destroy me, that I could, I could work with this. <laughs> if I gave myself permission, I could work with this. I could create something for me that was just mine. And I would never have to get anyone's permission on any of it. I would never even have to get anybody's opinion yeah. on any of it. And that moment was, was so huge. Um, and I just, it just started the wheels turning in my head. I came back to New York city and just felt different. I was like, you know what? I'm done with match. I'm done with trying to force something that doesn't feel good to me. Um, of course, a few weeks later, I was super bored at work one day. It was before a Rangers playoff game. And <laughs> in TV, all you really do is hurry up and wait. You're either rushing to make a deadline or, you know, your, your slot on air, or you're sitting around for hours on end. And this was a sitting around for hours on end moment waiting for the game to start. And I had, I was, I had not canceled my match membership yet because I had paid for like the rest of that month. I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm serious about this, but I'm also not throwing money away. So I'm not just going to cancel my, my, you know, delete my profile just yet. Um, and match at the time was sending out, I have no idea how it works now. They sent out emails each day with your daily matches. And as I was sitting there, I got this, I got the daily match email. I'd been deleting them for mm -hmm. the last couple of weeks. Cause I was just like, no, mm -mm, done, but I was bored. So I was like, you know, I'll take a look at this one. And I see a guy who I had not seen before. Cause you know, at some point, it's the same dudes. And, my friends uh, and I always joke. One of my friends, she's always like, I keep seeing like, the same guys. I'm like, they're probably saying that about us. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I saw this new guy that I'd never seen before and it, it was my husband. So he, I, I, I decided that I would message. Oh, cause here's the other thing I did online dating very weirdly because I was on TV and fiercely protective of my privacy. Uh, and so I did it without a picture. So I was wow. the weird person without a picture. They don't even uh, which let you do that now. I know I was lucky. <laughs> this is dating me at this point. Um, I was very lucky that, that six, seven years ago, you could actually do match without a picture. So I would reach out to the guys that I was interested in and then explain, Hey, this is because of my job. I'll send you a picture if you're interested, blah, blah, blah. So he was actually the, the last person that I sent anything out to not because we hit it off and it all worked, but because I was like, I am done. I am absolutely done. Um, but yeah, he, he responded. We ended up emailing back and forth for like a week and a half before I finally said, Hey, can we, do you just want to meet in person? And we had our first date and the rest is history. But I really do believe that I went into that, that first date and that experience with, a mindset that was so much different than what I had had before, because I, I was getting super excited about this life that I could build for myself. And I, I knew that I didn't need him. 
He -hmm. didn't have to work out. So I, I really feel like when I walked into that bar, when we started talking, when we met, he was the first guy that actually met Laura instead of the Laura I was trying to be for him. And I, you know, to me that that's what made all the difference. Had we met six months prior, who knows if it would have actually worked? I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was, and you know, it's, everything is still a work in progress. Like you don't reach this point where you're just like, I'm totally cool with everything in my life having gone this way. So, you know, it was always a work in progress. And as we dated, I certainly had moments of insecurities about not having had a relationship about our relationship, about myself and my own abilities. Um, but you know, when it's, when it's a good situation and when it is the right person, those, those things aren't, you can get past them. We are deep into cuffing season and now more than ever, we want to be looking our best and feeling our best and we want to prep for the holidays and feel like we can eat every single thing on that Thanksgiving dinner table and on that Hanukkah dinner table and that Christmas dinner table and then squeeze into that New Year's dress. So what are we going to do? I think it's time to take some Mindset Wellness CBD health gummies. They really help you feel your best self. They have ingredients in them that encourage enhanced wellness. And of course, we want to be staying mentally and physically healthy. So the health gummies are exactly what you need right now. Head to mindsetwellness.com, grab your health gummies, code seeing other people at checkout for 10% off and free shipping. Back to the episode. Yeah. It's also, it's not just about you and the fact that you were never in relationships, not just about him and the fact that he had been in relationships before. It's about the two of you and who you are together. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And, and that, that's, I mean, that's why this works. That's why yeah. this works because of who we are when we met each other. I, I would say to him all the time, cause we, I was 35 and a half when we met, we were 30, I was 38 when we got married. I used to say to him all the time, oh my gosh, why could we not have met 10 years earlier? Not only would I have not had to spend all these years feeling bad about myself, but we could have just had fun and traveled and done all this cool stuff. Now we have to think about like, are we going to have kids? We need to make sure we have a retirement fund. Is it practical to be traveling and planning a wedding? Like I wouldn't have cared about any of that stuff when I was like 24. Um, but he, he would always say to me, you know what, when I was 28, I would not have known how to treat you in the way you deserve to be treated. And I like, okay. Um, I would not have known to demand it. Yeah. And it's so true. It's so true. And that's not to say that people who meet in their 20s, people who meet in high school cannot have very beautiful, wonderful, healthy relationships. It is everybody is different. For us, that was the way it, it really needed to go. Absolutely. Now that you've like gone through all of this and, and you've done so much work for like with yourself, of course, and with other people, looking back, if you could talk to yourself when you were 25, when you were 30, when you were 33, whatever it may be, what advice would you give yourself on, on how to get through the day to day, how to handle all of your friends, getting engaged, getting married, having kids, how to handle just that, that feeling that we keep talking about of feeling left behind. Like what are some things that you would like want yourself to hear? Yeah. I, a big thing is that it's okay to feel, to, to be sad about the things that you don't have, that it's, it's okay to feel the way that you are feeling. Um, it's okay to be struggling with this. I just kept, not only was I upset with myself for not being in this situation that I wanted to be in, I was then also beating myself up 
for not for like, oh, well, you should be above this. You should you should be happy anyway. No, I, I wish that I could, you know, take her hand and just say, this is hard. What you're going through is hard. it is so hard to see all of your friends have what you want so badly and to not understand why you don't have it. That was always such a struggle for me was I needed an answer. I needed somebody to explain if I could at least understand why it hadn't happened, then I could deal with it a little bit better, but there are no explanations. And so to be able to tell myself that it's okay to feel this way, but also that it's going to be okay. And I can't tell you how, I can't tell you when, but you are going to be okay. No matter what happens, you are strong, you are smart, you are capable, you are driven. You are going to be okay. I promise you, you are going to have, and you are already having a beautiful life. And no matter how it turns out, no matter what you think is supposed to happen, how it goes is going to be amazing. Yeah. I love that. And it really is so true. One thing that you mentioned was that there were things that people like friends and and family members would say to you that wasn't helpful. I'm definitely curious for, for those listening who maybe aren't in this situation that you were in, but have friends that are, because I think we all, we all have friends who haven't been in relationships regardless of what age we're at. What are the things that we shouldn't say? And on the flip side of that, what are things that we should say, how can we support our friends who maybe are a little further behind or aren't where they want to be? Yeah, that's such a great question because we don't focus on that. I I always say, I really wish that I could like have a workshop for friends of people who are struggling with their relationship status. I don't think that would sell. Like that's not, that's not hard to get people to come Amazing. So, okay, this is it right now. (laughs) So, you know, the, the things that I heard that were the most difficult were my, and my mom started this. She said this from when I was in high school on, don't worry, it will happen. And at first I was like, oh, okay. All right. That's great. As you get older, as you keep hearing it, don't worry, it will happen. Became my nemesis. I hated hearing those words because it was like, oh no, don't worry everything you're going through, everything that you're feeling, all of that, like just stop worrying about it because it's going to happen. I'm like, it hasn't happened. And there's no proof to me that it's going to happen. So it just became each time she said that to me. And I had other friends who would say similar things along that way. It's going to happen. Your time is now. This is it. Every day that went by that it didn't happen, made me feel more and more like I was doing something wrong. Like, well, everybody told me it was going to happen and it hasn't. So I'm screwing this up in some way. So I am, I'm the one who's making this impossible. And what, and you know, then People, human nature is to help people fix things. Like we really want to understand and just make everything better. So everyone who said these things to me, they meant well, they were trying to fix it. The truth is no one can fix it. Nobody can fix it. Nobody, you can't wave a magic wand and have the person that is going to be right for me walk into the room at that moment. No one has control over that. And so, you know, between my mom saying that, I remember having a dinner with a friend whom I love. She's a very dear friend. I was so frustrated and I left that dinner practically in tears when she told me, you have to be positive 
You have to believe that this is going to happen because if you aren't positive and you're not being positive right now, if you stay like this, you will never meet him. He will never come at you. You have to be positive. And I think she thought that she was helping by like giving me the advice. You know, she's married now with a couple of kids. She met her husband in her early twenties. Like we could not relate on that level. And she just kept telling me, you just have to be positive. And so again, I left there going, oh, so I'm screwing this up. I'm the one who's screwing this up. So one of the most difficult things for single people to hear, and they hear it constantly, not only from their friends and family, but they hear it from society. They hear it from self-help guides. They hear it from the whole freaking self-help world. These are all the things you're doing wrong. Let us tell you how to do them right. And so it just continues to perpetuate this idea that when you are single, you have to be fixed. That the relationship status of single has to be something you change. You can't just be single. Oh my gosh, no, no, you, you're, you're on your way to being in a couple. Single is just this really sad like stopping point where we just feel bad about ourselves and have to hope that, that the other person's gonna show up soon to rescue us. And we think we have to fix something about us in order to make it happen. What I finally, I finally had a conversation with my mom when I was uh, probably 34 ish, maybe, maybe even 35, um, about the whole, don't worry, it will happen. And I don't think she remembers this conversation. I remember it vividly because it was so important to me. I, cause I was starting to realize like what I actually wanted people to say. And I said, mom, I know that you love me. And I know you are doing this and saying this because you want to encourage me and you want to help make it better but I need you to know that you can't do that. You don't have the power to make this better. What I really actually need from you is to just say what you are going through is really hard. It is hard. It's not fair. It doesn't make any sense, but it's what you are going through. And I am so proud of you for dealing with it and getting through it the way that you are. You are handling it in the best way that you can. So all I wanted was just empathy. All I wanted was just support. I didn't want somebody to try and tell me that everything would be okay because I was going to meet somebody. I wanted people to tell me that everything was going to be okay right now, that I was okay, that this just wasn't fair, that it just, there's no explanation for why this is happening. And let me just ask what I can do. How, how can I help? And most of the time it's just to listen. It's just to listen. And when your friends do start telling you about how they're feeling about being single, start telling you about their, 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 struggles and what they're going through, just knowing you don't have, your job isn't to fix it because you can't. Your job is just to be there for your friend whom you love and to just give them a hug, maybe hold their hand, just tell them you are doing the best that you can. And this is tough and it makes no sense. And I'm really sorry that you're struggling and that's it. You don't have yeah. to say, oh, well, but are, is your, is your profile up to date? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? Are you being too picky? Are you not putting yourself out there enough? None of those things are necessary. You don't have to. You don't have to try and figure it out. It's actually so much easier to be a friend when you don't have to feel like you have to fix it for them. You just need to listen. 
I'm really glad you brought that up because I know like I'm guilty of this. Like if my, my friends will come to me. I'm like, all right, like show me your profile. What can we do? Like, let me ask around. <laughs> Maybe I have someone to set you up with. Like you're not actually like putting time in like, and I, it, when, when you're struggling gap, yeah, all you really want is for someone to listen and, and to be there and not, you don't want advice fed down your throat because it just makes you almost like more resentful. And, and another thing I'll say is like, sometimes I do think that like you mentioned the one friend who was saying like, Oh, it'll happen. It'll happen. Um, Oh no, that was your mom. But, um, I I feel like sometimes we also learn that there are some friends that are better to go to for some situations. And I think that as I've gotten older, I've realized that like, I love all of my friends dearly, but there are some that I learned I shouldn't talk about my dating life with. There are some that I learned I shouldn't talk about my career with. And I think that's really important. Like, all of your friends aren't going to be for all like your person for every single thing. So definitely pick and choose who actually does provide you comfort when you yes. need it versus yes. who is going to try and shove advice and positivity down your throat when you don't want yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. And that it's okay. It's okay to have certain people that you go to for certain things. And it's okay to distance yourself from people who aren't supporting you in the way you need at yeah. certain times. Um, you know, I did not go to a whole ton of, of bridal showers because I wasn't feeling good about it. It didn't make me feel good to be in that situation. And so it is okay to remove yourself from, from a situation like that. If it's not serving you, it's okay to have friendships that serve you in different ways at different times. Did Uh, not going to those bridal showers impact any of your friendships? Um, you know what? I always had the excuse of my job. So Mm. I, I very rarely could actually go to them anyway. Um, what I have found out more so would be later in, as I was going through infertility and IVF and I couldn't, I just couldn't deal with baby showers or I couldn't deal with friends having babies. And what I have found with that is if they were really my good friends, if they really understood, um, and they really cared about me, they, they knew I just needed my time. They knew it would work out that we would, that we would find our way back to each other when I was ready. Um, and they knew that, but, but that is a, I think that also I can chalk up to being a bit about age as well, that, you know, we have all, you know, I'm in my late thirties at the time, early forties. Um, when I was in my twenties, I certainly don't know if I could have been able to see, like, if I was the one getting married and my friend wasn't coming, if I could have understood why. Um, so definitely it's, it's tough, but just from whatever side you're on, I think it's, we can all in this world do a little bit better by, trying to think about situations from people's other people's points of view more often trying to understand that, you know, somebody not coming to the bridal shower isn't necessarily because of how they feel about you. It might be because of how they feel about themselves in that moment. And they need that. They need that, that space. Um, but it's tricky. It's a tricky balance. Life's tricky. Isn't uh, it? <laughs> Laura, I wish I could talk to you for like five more hours about this, but I can't do that. So where can people, find you? Where can people find your podcasts, read some of your work and, and just really get more? Cause I mean, I want to, well, you can find me on Instagram. I'm definitely most active on social media there. It's uh, at Laura B Banky. The last name is B E H N K E. And uh, my website is laurabanky.com. Uh, you can find all sorts of information there about my coaching, about just different 
work that I do, how to work together potentially. Uh, and my podcast is called the Life Actually Podcast. And you can find that wherever you find podcasts. It's uh, once a week, we have a new episode and it's basically just a woman sharing her story because the more we can share our stories and our own individual unique experiences, the more we can normalize the idea that there is no normal. So that's, that's where you can find me. Absolutely. And I will link all of that in the show notes and on Instagram stories about the episode. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to listen. Laura, thank you so, so much. It has been an absolute pleasure. I'm genuinely sad that <laughs> this episode is over. Like, I am actually upset. But... Thank you, Alana. <laughs> this but has been thanks. wonderful. It's so nice to chat with you. You too. All right, everyone, make sure to leave a five-star rating and review. Follow Seeing Other People everywhere you use social media and tune in next time. Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah, that too, Scout, that too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!